is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Tonight, uh, I'm Marcus Farrow. He's Chris McCarthy. We are still joined by <laughs> Ted Nisi from Channel 12 WPRI. Ted, thanks so much for joining us. We're having a lot of fun here. Yeah, the man who came to dinner, you can't get rid of your house. No, <laughs> no, no, we really enjoy it, Ted. We really do. And I know I know our, our people at home watch you on Channel 12 and watch the Newsmaker program. And I think, awesome. a, I think a lot of them realize you and your wife, Kim, just had a baby. We did. We did. She, Samantha is uh, uh, six and a half months old. She'll be seven months on the 26th. I think my wife, well, maybe Samantha, too, are listening right now. Samantha's <laughs> not as interested yet in politics. So she'll, she'll get there. Um, but, yeah, it's um, we're I'm first-time dad, and it is... You know, it's all, all the corny stuff is true. It's, like, the most amazing thing. It is life-changing, and... You know, my wife is just unbelievable. I mean, Kim, as we mentioned earlier, Kim's an anchor on Channel 12 as well. Right, I mean, she, right. I, I don't know how she does it, um, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, it's great. And it honestly, it gives me a good, you know, it's one thing I didn't realize was how much it was, it was kind of nice to go through a camp, as exhausting as it was to have a newborn in a campaign the last couple months. It also did put the daily BS in perspective. Sure. You know, you get home and you have some, you know, candidates yelling at you all day and campaign manager. You guys know how it is. And you get home, you have this little cherubic face who's happily <laughs> cooing and laughing with you and does not care right. that, you know, s candidate so and so's person says your headline on their fundraising wasn't quite what they thought it should be. You know, right. so it, it is good. It puts things in perspective. But yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's a lot to have a newborn in a in a in a. a jam-packed job and your wife kim is now hosting the four o'clock she is yep which is which a new addition over there child yep, i think a very needed in needed. 2020 um, it's like during covid um because you know you get people i mean some listeners probably remember when we only did like a six and eleven o'clock news right? exactly right yes I <laughs> and do. now we're on i think we're on we we calculated more hours of the day than not now between the morning show uh, the noon, the now four to six thirty, and then seven six thirty seven is on Fox Providence, and then we do the ten to eleven thirty. Um, and some of it's just that you know it, it's interesting not to talk shop too much, but how television has changed. I mean, back in the day, uh, we, you know, you think of like l let's take talk about the competition at NBC. Yeah. You know, Thursday nights when back in the nineties, right? You have Friends and Seinfeld and ER. Boy, that was like a rocket ship for your 11 o'clock news. Everyone's right. watching primetime. Yes. Well, now, uh, unfortunately, primetime is not what it was because no. everyone's streaming. And what you really want is live programming. And local news is live, right? Yes. You want to see 10, 10, 30, 11, 6 o'clock, whatever, 4 o'clock when my wife's on. Uh, what's going on? What's happening? It's new. It's fresh. It's current. And so you've actually seen, in a way, I would say a strengthening of local TV news or at least uh, compared to what it used to be, where primetime was king. I mean, there's reports NBC might give up 10 o'clock. Really? And give it back to the local stations, which hasn't been the case since like the early 50s. No, absolutely. Um, so it's, it's just interesting how all that's changed. So we've we've tried to be, I mean, they, they get a great number at four o'clock. Um, and, and Kim and her team on the four o'clock news have really tried to have a, a different format from the other newscasts. She does a lot of live Q and A's. She has people in. Yes. Um, we've had people from New Bedford in and, and Southeastern. Well, that's Mass. Thing, you guys really cover New Bedford. Yeah, you know it's important. And I think 
too, I think it's also, you know, I, obviously I, I care about Southeastern Mass in part because I'm from here and, right. I, you know, I, I, I care about the place as a, a hometown boy. But also, you know, as we've seen the shrinking of, unfortunately, the print uh, print news outlets in Southeastern Mass, in Rhode Island, um, I think there's an obligation for the television, for all broad, not just tell you guys too, like look what you're doing right. at night, broadcast right. news outlets to try to step up their game a bit. And frankly, there's just more demand for it because people aren't finding news in as many other places. I mean, we were talking before we went on the internet, you know, you think of what the Standard Times, and it's not, they work really hard with oh, their sure. limited staff now, but years ago, how dominant they were, how Shoot. impactful they were. The Providence Journal had, I think they had, I don't know if they had foreign bureaus. They certainly had Washington bureaus and all sorts of people. Tim White's father won a Pulitzer there Correct. investigating right. Richard Nixon in the 70s. So um, as the revenue situation has changed at these papers, I think we need the remaining news outlets to step up. And we have really tried at Channel 12 to try to fill some of those gaps, both in Rhode Island and in Southeastern Mass. So both of our, both the radio and the television have been lucky in, in the sense that we're able to fill the gap, and the people at home do get a good product out of it. But the loss of the print is is terrible. It is. I mean, we're all three of us are news junkies, right. and you know, there's, frankly, there's a reason I never allowed myself to be converted into a full time traditional television news reporter because I love the depth you can get. You know, absolutely. In the end, and I, I love, I do love doing TV, and like it, it reaches more people, and there's such power to visuals, but. At best, I'm usually only going to get two minutes. Yes. Uh, and to try to recap some big policy debate or a huge campaign issue in two minutes yeah. is extremely hard. And you're never going to get to the depth you can get to in an 800, 900,000 word article. Um, and one nice thing is that we have, of course, we all have websites now. And so I, I know you guys put up lengthier articles when yes. things pop up here at WSM. We certainly do a lot at WPRI. So I've, I've always wanted to maintain a foothold in being able to write sort of print-ish articles for the website along with my TV responsibilities because, um, you know, it's it's just, it's funny as a guy who pays my mortgage on telev with television, but I, <laughs> I just believe the written word is just such an important way to convey news, especially things that are complex. I mean, I typically, with a lot of my interviews immediate you know i put them out on the website afterwards with a right. little bit uh, with a little article because right. yep. it just increases the exposure so totally. much because then it gets run elsewhere and people look at it and that's how they they learn about those those interviews that are had and they learn about the program and all of that so, so yep. i came from print originally and i where'd you work in print? i didn't know that yep, i worked at the standard times oh i didn't and know I actually that. owned a newspaper at one time you're kidding i swear to god no <laughs> I owned a weekly paper out in the Freetown. That's how you the got rich. The yeah. Washington That's Examiner. why you're a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my <laughs> first, right? You own the Washington Examiner. I, I own the Washington Post. <laughs> so the Washington Star. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I always remember that someone referred to it as the first draft of history. Yeah. yeah. And it really is. Yeah. The written is the first draft of history. And we can do a lot over here, and you can do a lot over there with your websites, but I don't know. It's just not the same. You know what else you, you miss is, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, the one of the promises of a, a paper when they were better uh, staffed was every day this this wad of paper is going to drop in your doorstep. Um, it's sometimes the afternoon, like it's some chronicle when I was growing up, it's still an afternoon Same paper, right? Afternoon, okay, yeah. um, but it's going to hit, and and a bunch of people will have tried to summarize the most important news, local, regional, national, depending on the paper, of the last twenty four hours, and there there was a, a responsibility to get all of it in there. Of course, it wasn't perfect. Of course, stuff was missed, but that was the goal. Yeah. And I have plenty of friends in newspapers now who say we don't pretend we're comprehensive anymore. We can't be. We right. don't have the people, and. 
and on top of that, even when they are trying to do that, the, the circulation has declined for print especially because yes. the website's not the same. You, right. you go to the website, there's articles everywhere. You can't tell what's new. You can't tell what's old. It, it, there's a finiteness. You can re, you can turn every page of a newspaper and you get to the end and you said, okay, that's what those people thought I should know about today. Right, and right. There was something to that. Yeah. Um, just for, for, you know, people who aren't like us, who aren't news junkies, who just want to, but want to be informed, say, okay. They're going to print out the news, give it to me each morning. I'll feel informed. I'll get what they do, and we'll do it again tomorrow. There aren't many places anymore that convene as many people to the same set of facts, and I just wonder about the long-term implications of that. It's a huge thing. I remember, of all the people, Howard Stern mm. once did a, did a whole bit on the, on the New York Times mm. saying – Look at the New York Times, and you know the people in his audience would have, were of saying, course. "Oh, that's New York Times." But, I said, he, but he said, "No. Do you realize how much it takes to get all that news, yeah. all the people around the world? I mean, you look at what the Wall Street Journal puts mm -hmm. out, things like that, to have all that worldwide news. Mm -hmm. But it does create a cohesive community around it, right? Yeah, and, and we're know, losing the that. Times. The other day had you know we all have seen all these news reports out of Iran. But I'm busy enough with what I'm in Southeast Massachusetts. I'm not following every update in Iran, nor am I an expert. Well, I." I Click. They had a good headline on their update the other day. We have a lot of Iran experts in the audience. Yeah, well, they just call in and fill me in. And, and they just had this really, the Times had this really well done, you know, they had the, the recent news, they had the context, and it's just, and, I, you know, it was kind of what I needed as a person who would like to know what's going sure. on there, but I'm not going to consume every iterative update. Weren't you right. in the New York Times? Wasn't WPR in the New York Times recently? We've been in there a number of times. Yeah, my, uh, one of my wife's, again, I told you, I didn't make any attack ads. My wife, Tim White, made <laughs> yeah. all the attack ads this year. Kim... But uh, she 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 did an interview with a candidate who was accused of carpet bagging, which was um, prominently salient, salient issue right now. Yeah, right. Yes. Which was prominently featured in an overall New York Times look at like is carpet bagging still as big a problem as it was. Um, so yeah. that was I think the most recent time we got a big hit in the end. Oh, and you know Corey Welch, one of our great photographers, had a had a picture on the front page oh, that's of Fogin okay. Magaziner from our debate at PPAC. Oh wow, yeah, that's big. So you know the Times really leans on WPRI, and we do our best to help them. Oh. Obviously, <laughs> you're carrying them. Actually, I want to ask you question because you used to work there i was in um so sometimes for work i have to go up to like the rentham area mm -hmm. and so i was driving through attleboro and i saw god's country yeah, yeah god's <laughs> country i saw the sun chronicle building right mm -hmm. and, and so it's still the big letters the sun chronicle with the little sun the face yep. on it so here in new you know we we know about what's happening in gannett right and mm -hmm. and all the layoffs they have with the standard times and all that and we see your calls in line we'll get to them in, in a minute um you, you know and the, the, the standard times building over uh like it actually that that lettering got taken down. It did it they got taken down? down yeah. yeah, they took the sign down. So how and the Sun Chronicle still has an editorial board. They endorsed mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Mayor Haro for sheriff, mm -hmm. and they made other endorsements. How are they still able to to sort of survive? Well, one thing is the uh, ownership. Um, you know, we 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 I still talk like I'm still it was all those years ago, but uh, the Sun Chronicle was owned by a, a company out of Kenosha, Wisconsin, that owned like. Us, a Buffalo TV station, and then a bunch of stuff in Wisconsin. It was some really? deal in the 70s or something that, that a prior owner had done. But they were classic small family media owners who who let the paper you know do its thing within reason and right. took care of it. And then when the sun was put up for sale, um, then Gatehouse, now Gannett, wanted them. Yeah. And they were out. They they went with a different buyer, um, the uh, an outflow of the old journal register company that owns some other stuff in Rhode Island. Um, and I think, again, it, it's hard. My old editor and I still talk, uh, Craig Borges, up at the Sun Chronicle. It's not easy still to run a paper there. But I do get the sense from him that 
in the on the list of potential owners you could have at the moment, he feels like they did pretty well. Um, it's also just it's a really it's a really good looking paper. I always okay. felt that way. That, like the color printing is really good in the sun. It's, it might yeah. sound silly, but like it looks nice every day. That makes a difference. Um, and then they work hard. They've kept people for a long time. Dave Linton, the crime uh, and courts reporter up there. George Dave's Rhodes. been doing that a long time. George Rhodes been, been covering Attleboro yeah. since, right. like, since it was founded. Forever. <laughs> Just kidding, yeah. George. Yeah. I remember when he was in Taunton. He covered, <laughs> oh, yeah. he covered me in Taunton <laughs> when he's on Freetown. But then he went over there. Yeah. But that was in the 90s he went over yeah, there. Yeah. It's just, they just, you know, I, I think... The gobbling up of, I mean, Gannett, and again, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll hold my words on Gannett overall, but I'll just say, you know, nearly all of our dailies now in southeastern New England are owned by that company. Yes. Yeah. And its predecessor, Gatehouse, beforehand. And I just think, looking at the facts without even opining, it is hard to feel that they are being well stewarded. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Um, I used to work at the Boston Globe in the press room at Morrissey Boulevard in Dorchester. Oh, cool. Wow. So, and I have a family history of it, too. And I noticed through the years, it's changed so much. Back in my grandfather's day, they would barely have a home. They were printing four or five editions a day. Yes, yep. Um, work with schedules, stuff like that. As time went on, they were printing less papers. And then when my time came along, I noticed the internet came and the New York Times decided to put the papers online for free. Mm-hmm. Right. And that seemed to kill the newspaper even more. So basically now, if you were talking to my uncles, they would just tell you the newspaper's a dying business and they, it's very, they'll be very lucky if they see retirement. Now, do you remember uh, they, uh, Tim's father used to talk about at the Providence Journal building where they were printing the paper in the building, how the building, would, the newsroom would shake once the old oh, yeah. presses started. I'm sure that was the case at Morrissey Boulevard, right? Yeah, Morrissey Boulevard wasn't underground. The one in downtown Boston was underground. Ah, okay. But uh, my father told me stories of that. The old times used to talk about it. They used to hear trains rumbling. <laughs> All sorts of stuff. Um, it, it was a fire. You were trapped down there. Same thing with the old um, Herald, Wrecking American, all mm-hmm. those. I had family at work in those businesses, too. My grandmother in Attleboro, actually, she might have worked with your relatives because she was, uh, when she got out of college, she was in the classifieds department at the Boston Globe until she got married. So really? She has all those old papers that you're always <laughs> posting. Always about. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's, what's his last name? Her, her last name, Lee. Uh, well, now it's Lee. It was Fisher back then, yeah. Uh, we wouldn't know because we, we were the press room. So press room <laughs> is... Um, Strange planet compared to the other <laughs> planets. Yeah, I think she was one on, the, on one of those old switchboards or something in the 50s. You worked yeah, with Butchie would, Doe, she right? Would think, she would think the pressmen were weirdos. I mean, that everybody <laughs> in that building thought the pressmen were weirdos. We were an odd group of men. And uh, it has mellowed down quite a bit. But I can tell you stories from the old days that there were, I mean, sex, love, drugs. They even got prostitutes in the shower one time. We're a family room. show, wow. Paula. This you know, we're a family right. show. Well, it's after eight. Right, come on. we got to keep the ratings up, boys. <laughs> That's true. <sighs> got a lot of drinking and drugs on the job, unfortunately. Now I know why there were typos in the Angel dust. <laughs> now I know why typos. <laughs> typos, Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that's my experience and stories. Uh, my experience was um, 
the job burnt me out, but mm. um, it wasn't a hard job, um, but it was a lot more, there were a lot more improvements by the time I came along compared to what my grandfather and father oh, sure, had yeah. to go through and uncles. And improvements in the paper or the drugs? <laughs> uh, 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 probably the drugs are probably better back then. Uh, the technology gets better as far as the presses and stuff like that. Don't worry, it's all legal now. Yes, <laughs> that's true, right? right I, I say no more, gentlemen. You have a good night. Thanks for the call. Thanks, we thanks. appreciate it. Yeah. Let's actually hit the break now. We'll be right back. <laughs> I've even got Marcus now. <laughs> Marcus is even telling Joe McCarthy stories now. I am telling yeah. Joe McCarthy stories. That is true. Hey, uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. I think we've actually got a special surprise guest on the line. Oh, boy. Hello. <laughs> I don't know about special, but surprise for sure. Senator Mark Montigny, how are you? <laughs> I don't know what you mean by surprise. I'm a pretty uh, regular caller. <laughs> Senator, how you doing? I, I who's that? Ted Nisi. <laughs> oh man, I I was thinking of Jim Cramer every time anyone calls in there, and you know this game, and half the time, like for a long time, listen to first time caller. Yeah, <laughs> they're so full of it, they like disguise their voice and somehow get through. <laughs> you know, well, should I buy FTX? <laughs> <laughs> You guys are having fun. This is an interesting show. I think I should hang up and just listen. Rare to hear politicians say that. It is rare. Very rare. Mark's a rare guy. My mother, my mother said that to me my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what's, what's the biggest senator? What's the biggest issue in your district? I can't have a senator online not ask some news question. What's going to be the biggest issue for your district next year? The the biggest. Yeah. issue in the district is the speculation on when I'd retire. Oh. <laughs> Which, <laughs> a perennial. Yeah. And I tell people the same thing that Billy Baldy used to tell them. I will be retired due to illness when the <laughs> voters get sick of me. Right. Oh. <laughs> that's a good. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. That's a good yeah, that's line. Good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, that's actually, I mean, that I might be, if I had known Mark, that might be a column tomorrow. I would never have attributed. I was going to say, you shouldn't have given it to Bolger. I would have my creative thinking. Yeah, exactly. Going around quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I don't like to highlight one issue really because then I'll have fifteen people call in and right. say, "He's so full of it." He told me last night the most important thing on <laughs> earth was. <laughs> uh, well, you're giving you away know. the game anyway right. now. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think for us. It's a lot like the rest of the world, except things get a little exaggerated <laughs> for us, obviously. I mean, you know, people are living in a very tough inflationary environment, as you know. And although we've got some really interesting counter trends with commuter rail coming in with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't want to say post-COVID because we're still embroiled in it. We should all be pretty careful and mindful of that. But post-COVID urgency um, what we're discovering, of course, is something, or I should say some are discovering, I think most of us have, have lived it that are in the neighborhoods every day. Um, folks have discovered they don't need to be in the insane city of Boston, mm. paying far more for everything than they should, mm -hmm. and dealing with horrible traffic when they can live right down near Buzzards Bay and have better right. coffee shops and restaurants that are every bit as good or better since they buy all our scallops and 
truck them up that way. Um, so, you know, we, but we, we've got some interesting challenges. I never thought I would deal with phone calls talking to me about gentrification and these kind of housing issues. In fact, I remember wow. when a city councilor several years ago said it. I'm thinking like, wow, that's a problem that we have been pleading for. And then when you start to actually live it and listen to the struggles of people, which I do every single day, you realize, no, it is, it, yes, it's great news when you can develop this kind of cultural centers we have and wind energy and, the, you know, the industrial park has got no land uh, available mm-hmm. other than the new, the new piece that we have. So good problem to have, except if you're in a apartment and struggling working two jobs and all right. of a sudden somebody raises the rent 50%. Right. So I, I think, it, I, again, I don't want to necessarily rank problems, but it's a huge problem. Funny, though, that's what we were talking about in the first half of the yes, show, right? Exactly. That housing is going to be a huge issue for the new governor. Yeah, for sure. I, I And I confess that I was not listening until the last few minutes of fun. <laughs> that's what got me to call in. See, you have to understand, I've been in a long time. I know that if I call in when there's a light mood, it's less likely that I'm going to get slammed by one of these. That's true. By the way, jokers, I don't mean listeners. <laughs> that's how, that's he means how I end up retired due to illness. I mean jokers, the liberal and the conservative. <laughs> <laughs> Who you would hope would just pound on each other and offset, and we'd all end up somewhere in the middle. <laughs> that's our goal, Mark. The, wishy, the wishy-washy middle. <laughs> so, Mark, Mark, what do you think the governor is going to run with this year? Do you have any sense yet? Well, I mean, you know, is that a trick question? You know exactly. You're reading the same. You're reading the same things that I read. We thought you she would to, call you and tell you you're you your can, powerful you, senator, you, right? You, you can wait and and listen to the inaugural <laughs> speech. I'll be in the audience. Where will you be? <laughs> I might go. I might comment. I might be very willing to have a bank of microphones in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Get the video from Boston. I'll bring. I'll go. I'll go. I'll bring. Do we have a microphone? Yeah, we have a microphone. We have a microphone. I'll bring a microphone. It doesn't work. It yeah, doesn't well. work. You can, yeah, they, you can just pretend to talk do, into it. We'll take pictures. You know, do Mark. I still use microphones <laughs> <laughs> when they work. Well, the last time. See, I miss being in the studio. It's time now. These phone calls have got to end. Well, we've been but asking. We've been asking, Mark. We've been asking. No, I, and, no, no. Wait a minute. And there's been times I've asked you, and then you come on. You got forty-seven guests. <laughs> um, you know, during a primary where there's little, um, uh, you know, well, not not everybody opposition. not everybody has the luxury of running unopposed. They have to. Say, they've had you in well, multiple times. You got well, right, and, exactly. And, and yeah, we, maybe I'll run. Nev- I'm just I, kidding. We're never guaranteed. we never guaranteed that. <laughs> but if we if we bust our butt during the two years, we have a better chance. And I don't rest until. The papers are due at five, and then I rest for a day, and I get back at it. Is that what I'm supposed to say? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think, so. I think Billy that's Bolger that's would be proud. That's a nice it's, canned response. It's, it's also true, um, but you never, as you know, kidding aside, it doesn't matter what you do, how much you think you've done, how responsive you are, and we we are. No one can can uh, say otherwise about the constituent stuff and and uh, a bunch of other things. But that doesn't guarantee anything. You plan for it every single time. That's why I keep money in the bank and try to keep the team fresh. But it is uh, it is better to uh, continue to legislate than it is to be doing 18 hours a day, as I've been through in a campaign, and I'll do it again if I have to. Well, all right. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for joining us, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate you, it. You, 
you're going to get rid of me that easily. <laughs> well, uh, well, you guys you, have fun. Honestly, it's been enjoyable. <laughs> well, your, your challenger <laughs> just called in for 24, so you want to get to that call. <laughs> I will be ready. <laughs> yep, we, we, yep, we'll I, got Council I, President Abreu on the line. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> um, so listen, one thing I do want to do, I'll come back uh, yeah. in the next couple of weeks because I know you had some some thoughts on Title V and some of the things we're fighting there and right. some other things. So we'll do it on a, on a, a more serious occasion. But I'm going to listen, so I hope you guys pound on each other and have a little bit of fun. <laughs> right, thanks, thanks, Mark. Mark. Yeah, that is the, the big issue. We've, we've had some stories here about the Title V stuff mm. in, in, in Massachusetts. Um, it's a real cost. I, I actually learned about it do. watching WPRI. Did you? Yeah, the the health director, Chris Michaud, who he was, he was on. That's right. He had a public meeting, and I'm like, oh, I should have him on the show. Yeah. And then Tim had the same thought. Uh, Tim Tim Weisberg had the same thought. So he came on my show or right. a show and then came on with me, and then he came on with uh, Tim after. Hey, this is a good time to hit a break. Let's do yeah. that. Listen to us live anywhere in the world on the WBSM app. The Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Sometimes when I try to play a song, I do it on YouTube and it's the music video. And so they have like dumb music video intros where it's like they're playing a scene out. Right. right? And I just did that now. And so, making like, out with someone? What's going on it, in that it's, YouTube it's, video? It's, uh, it's the NSYNC Merry Christmas song that I wanted Woo! to play. And and well, it's a little hotter than you thought. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a see. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but I had to fast God, forward this it. Is a if I go back to my Attleboro High School days, seeing these guys, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just thought, you know, <laughs> I tried. I so the, the the point is, I tried. Yeah, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you get in the program. Good evening, you're live. Good evening, team. How you doing tonight? Hey, hey Tom, what's how up? You doing? Yeah, they, regarding the, the, this whole Donna DP stuff. You know, so far, we have a mandate from an environmental agency, which is part of the cabinet, right? That's where the jurisdiction comes from. Uh, they're going to try to stick, just for the town of Dartmouth, the residents, there, $70 million, right, to, to do their upgrades. And I think immediately there should be a court injunction regarding all of this. I think it, the, the, the proposal is so vague, they could force the people to spend $70 million come back with a study a year later and say, well, that didn't work. Exactly. Let's exactly. make them pay for it. Right. You know, yeah. let them have egg on their face. You know, there's no uh, assessment on the agricultural, the golf courses, you know, everything else that can cause this nitrogen. Uh, even the CSOs in New Bedford is part of it. And, uh, I mean, this has to be stopped. I know we, we talked earlier, Marcus, and you said that it may be, uh, the legislation. So what Montigny said tonight is going to be very important of him coming back on what they intend to do. But what bothers me the most on all of this is that subcommittee and nobody can find out their names. They did it uh, under the sheets. Nobody can find out who they are. And, and it's just horrendous to me. It's very similar to what they did to the fishing industry and the fines under Luchenko. Right. And uh, once they lifted the, the, the hood on that to the Inspector General, largely through the efforts of former Mayor Wang, we found out what they were doing. They were still missing $45 million. Nobody knew what, what happened to it. And then they spent money on their own people. Yes. The judges, the attorneys. I mean, they, they bought 217 vehicles for the agency, and that was NOAA. 
and along with with all the pressure from the NGO. So this one's got me up in arms a little bit, and I, I think the first step should be an immediate injunction until they can get to the bottom of all of it. I don't know what you guys think. Well, look, I, I think that um, Montigny is, is the last member of the legislature that they really want to mess with up there. He's forgotten more than most people know, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And he can really right. grind things to a halt for you if he wants. And I think the new governor is going to... Ha- remember, this is happening under Baker as Baker leaves. But yeah. when the new governor comes in, she's going to have to deal with this. Yeah, for and sure. Her, and her yeah. people are going to have to deal with this. And uh, I think Montigny will be right at their door. It's been a huge issue in Rhode Island, Has too, it? where uh, especially in Warwick... Uh, the city of Warwick, where, uh, you know, there's same issue. There's so much overflow into Narragansett Bay. Narragansett Bay's luckily been heavily cleaned up, but it's come at a cost, and they've slowly gone through Warwick. My wife's from Warwick, so I've heard a lot about it over the years, telling people they have to switch septic at, at pretty heavy costs. Yes, and it's yeah. constantly an issue at the state house about should we should we exempt somebody from having to do it? Should we provide more financial protections? Do we make this next neighborhood do it? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, you know, it's it, it's a very challenging thing. because yes. I mean, most of us don't want them to be polluting, but of well, how do you balance how right. much this could cost? So, um, thanks for the uh, the call, Tom. Appreciate it. Yep. See you, bye. Marcus, you had an issue you wanted to ask Ted about the um, did I the homeless <laughs> did I being evicted from the state house? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for people who don't know, there's a homeless encampment at the state house, and. Um, so the Rhode Island State House, we should say the Rhode Island State House, <laughs> right. not on Beacon Hill yet, although who knows? Right, might be a trend. That's a pretty Tony neighborhood, and I think, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that uh, uh, it's kind of like the the point of it, right? Is to like, hey, here's the issue. You're not doing anything about it. This is what is happening because you're failing to act. Is that is that kind of a correct assessment? On yeah, that? I mean, certainly the governor's team uh, thinks that. You know, the advocates have been in, have encouraged some of these folks, you know, if they have a choice of where to put their tent up, put it up out front and make it very visible to okay, state leaders. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, there is just zero doubt that homelessness is a big issue in Rhode Island, as in so many places, a growing issue. And yeah. there are not enough shelter beds. Kim had um, the head of Crossroads Rhode Island in Providence, the biggest homeless uh, shelter in the state on last Friday. And she said they're they're full um, already with and they, there's more people who need beds and so you know you've wound up with this issue where you know the the governor sent out actually his senior staff last week to hand out eviction notices right. the aclu and the advocates went to court for those of you who don't know who don't watch channel 12 it literally they have tents set up tents on- at the state house right. on the front you know right. where you walk in um I, I have to say i have little doubt that part of the pressure is they want this sorted out before january when legislative session starts right and because it's not it's only a half year legislature in rhode island so they'll be coming back in january everyone will be up there with a lot of activity um, but and also, like just on a human level, it's sure. very cold, and <laughs> yeah. it is not great to be sleeping in a tent. I think no. those people agree. But now it's become you know there's an injunction in place. The people in the tents can't be removed and through Monday, but no new tents are supposed to be put up. Governor's team said today they have found uh, you know shelter for all these people, but some have declined. Um, others are arguing, look, it's just it, this is evidence that you know th- there was a problem last year. There was a protest out front of the state house with tents to call attention to this. And people are saying, well, look, this shows after a year, they still didn't have enough shelter beds when winter hit. Right. We knew it was a problem. They, they aren't prepared for it. But, uh, you know, as we were talking about earlier, it fundamentally, you know, just like in Massachusetts, it's gotten just extremely expensive to find an apartment, let alone a house in Rhode Island. Don't ask Dan McKee because he doesn't know how much a house costs in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did that have was... as bad as answers. Yeah, pop quiz uh, really got them. Um, yeah, it's it's. 
you know, you're, you're just, it's sort of, it's just supply and demand, right? You're, you're going to, you know, you need, you have a certain number of people who want to live here and are around. You have a certain number of housing units need to house them. If it's like musical chairs, if there's not enough, some people are going to end up without somewhere to live. And now you see it very visibly right now at the state. Right. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Hi, I'm uh, just calling to ask Ted a question. I'm just curious if he can uh, confirm or deny the rumor that he is going to be returning to Attleboro to run for mayor. <laughs> I, I, I recognize that. I recognize his voice. I recognize too. that voice in the barking dog. It's yeah, my yeah, wife, the, the future first lady of Attleboro. <laughs> um, uh, no, I wouldn't want to be accused of carpetbagger after spending so much. How's a baby? <laughs> <laughs> the baby is still asleep, but clearly the dog wanted to make an appearance on the radio as well. Yeah, they should. Actually, you know what our dog's name is? What? Marcus. No oh. way. <laughs> he came no with way. the name Marcus. We we got him from a shelter. So it's a great a great name for a dog. Yeah. <laughs> a human not so much. <laughs> yeah, these guys kept me late, honey, so it's it's their fault that I haven't been helping with diapers and stuff uh, so far this evening. <laughs> no, it's been a great show. Really, really fun to listen to. Thank you. And, uh, Thank just, you just had to call in and, and make that joke. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank well you. So thank um, you, Kim. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um, so she'd just like to move because of taxes. So Ted, well, no, there you go. Yeah, exactly. lower. So Ted's here to announce that he's actually one, our third co-host. So yeah. he's going to be. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to be here the rest. He'll be back tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah he'll be back tomorrow nice. night. You know, I will say, radio. I don't put on any makeup. It's yeah, beautiful. I don't have a tie on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. have to shave. I yeah. shave. Right. Don't touch my weight. It's very good. I like right. radio. Right. Right. All right, I got to take this break. WBSM app is... Ever- Let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Gentlemen. Hey. hey, what's going on? I heard my co-host job was up with me. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you haven't called in a while. We're giving your job away. You don't show up. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I've been listening. I've been listening. Awesome show. I would I would like to see him part of the uh, part of the program once a month or oh, once a week. For that. Whatever you can do. Yeah. yeah. We got to ask my wife when she calls in again. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she, she's all right with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, so I, yeah, you know, when I I was just listening, sitting on the side, and I heard, we're going to make him a co-host. I said, wait, 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 we can't do that. Sam's our official co-host. Well, I don't want to take Sam's position, no, especially in the holidays. That's cruel. <laughs> that is Scrooge-like. brutal. Like, right. I've been I've been the unofficial co-host uh, ever since it was unofficially published. <laughs> well, right. unofficially, so, congratulate you. <laughs> Unofficially accept. Um, <laughs> no, awesome, awesome show tonight, guys. Thanks, Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, did I? So I hang up with people mid-sentence sometimes. Mm. It's a you, thing. You do. <laughs> you do. It's, it's not rude. intentional. Rude, <laughs> I know. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Hey, I just want to add, seeing as you guys like the press room story so much. Um, when I was in there in the nineties, the New York Times had bought the Boston Globe and. They really started uh-huh. putting the pressure on people, so uh, people were getting disgruntled and pooping on the shower floor, and you got nicknamed the Mad Shitter. I, 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 I don't think you're allowed to say that. Yeah, you I gotta, can't tell that I, story I, here. I, I, gotta, I had to try. I, I think I dumped it, but I don't know. I, <laughs> no pun sure. intended. Are we on a delay? No pun intended. Mm. We are on a delay. Yes. We are on a delay, and there's a dump button So here. I can swear, too. You can. You could, just once. Oh, okay. Yeah, All I right. got my finger on the dump button. Yeah, be ready. So, yeah. One, two, <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. three. <laughs> All right. 
Make uh, it a good one. Make it a yeah, good one. Yeah, pick a pick a strong one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, 508-996-0500 is how you can join and have an FCC approved <laughs> conversation uh, yes. with 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 Ted Nisi, Chris, and I. Uh, we're actually nearing the end of the uh, of the nine o'clock hour. Ted, are you staying? I should probably hit the road. <laughs> uh, I, not to press my luck. Once your wife calls, your, it's time I, to go home. I'll yeah. be your co-host, but subtle, I won't be married. Subtle, 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 right. Well, what's more important? Yeah, so, <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, Ted, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, it's so much fun. Again, uh, Newsmakers, which I, I always say I prefer the podcast, but um, there's a podcast. It's on every Sunday. It's also on, on Fridays as well. It was for election season. Okay. We've lost that time slot. Oh, okay, so okay. Uh, it, was, it was a special special occasion for the weeks leading up to the uh, to the election. But for our audience, you follow Fox News, yeah, Fox uh, News Sunday. Yes, we're on after Fox News Sunday on our Fox because Channel Twelve runs Fox. What right. used to be Fox Providence, Fox right. sixty four, or it's now Fox Providence. It used to be Fox sixty four. So, so uh, I just listen to the podcast everywhere. so I can enjoy it. You guys uh, are everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. So in, actually, after the show, I watch WPRI. Yeah. I, I go home. I watch WPRI. Yeah, come on, we'll be on it. Yeah, because the, the show's actually Fox giving Providence. me um, uh, sleep deprivation. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. No, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm lucky. Yeah, I've been at twelve for. 12 for 12 years, actually, wow. and I never thought I would be there this long, but uh, they really have invested in news at Channel 12 in a way that I don't think a lot of local TV stations have gotten, yeah. especially our investigative unit, our in-depth unit, what Tim and I do in our team, uh, and the, my wife's show, uh, which you know brings in newsmakers, no pun intended, and stuff. Uh, I'm proud of the place. I really am. I'm proud to work there. Yeah, it's a great station. I think you guys are doing a lot of great work yeah, there. Absolutely. And so um, I'm at this point now where I'm just like, we've got still got a few seconds that mm -hmm. I, I'm trying to fill. And what I, do you hit? I don't you know hit 30? <laughs> we, can hit th we can hit 30, but I've been told actually mm. by uh, by my boss that actually hitting 30, they want you to hit 50. Ooh. I hit 30 because the, the satellite kicks in. It has that kind of music. Yep, yep. But he's actually saying you should actually go till 50. That 